0: You have to have the heart of a child to make it into heaven. I wonder how often you spend significant quality time trying to imagine what heaven is going to be like. Maybe many of us are like the little girl in the play. Someone dear to us is gone for me that's where I start thinking about heaven. I can only imagine what heaven's going to be like and you know, the scriptures are written in such a way that God tried to solve a great dilemma. Can you imagine God trying to write words that would describe for us what heaven's going to be like? I mean, that's just an impossible task. We don't get it. We can't get it here because we're earthly bound. We can imagine what's in our world. We can Think about things we see, but heaven has to be described in terms that make sense to us, like precious golds and metals, like being with loved ones, like being in many places. But really, heaven is like just what the children are saying. It's only what we can imagine. And it's even better than that, as Grandpa told his grandchild when he comes back to earth. Now, I'll admit to you, that's a little disturbing. I I just about lost it there, (laughs) sitting in my seat. Because I've got grandfathers I can hardly wait to see that left when I was a young boy, a young teenager. I've got great grandfathers I've never seen, as do many of you probably. There's so many people that have loved me in this world. So many people who poured themselves into me, even as a small child. Relatives, family, friends, church members in different places. And certainly... God himself. You know, it's not always that heaven feels for real because the pain of death is so great at times. But it is exactly at those moments when the church needs to be the church. It's exactly in those moments when we think we're going to be overcome by the feeling of grief and loss when our loved ones are no longer in our sight that we need to live differently, speak differently, act differently. Differently than the rest of the world. We need to look at death as a child looks at it. You think you could do that? You think you could just do that for God, that you could just look at death as a child? Could you just lay aside all the stuff you know? Can you lay aside science? Can you lay aside all of your mature uh Word just won't come. I'm not sure what to say about us. We humans, we just get older and we give up our childish ways in a bad way sometimes, too. We give up the joy in life, we give up the power of love because we don't think about it enough. We get so busy living our lives that the least little thing that disturbs us in the, on this earth becomes something that we fear. That's the reason Jesus said in the 14th chapter, as he began to unravel for the disciples exactly what was going to happen. He started with those words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why did he say that? Because we are such fraidy cats. (laughs) We are. Let's just admit it. We're afraid. We're afraid our children will be taken from us when they're very small. We're afraid our teenagers are going to act like teenagers or be with somebody who's acting like a teenager and they're not going to come home one night. Because we know all those things happen. And we forget that heaven is for real. I have a grandchild that I've never seen. seen. I have a grandchild that I've never seen. Because before she was fully developed, she went home to be with the Lord. but I will see her or him. And sometimes we let go of that because we live in the world we live in. Because we're so bad, we're afraid we're going to sound silly. We're afraid somebody's going to look at us who's not a believer and think, boy, you are really a sucker, aren't you? You really need to hold on to that heaven is real thing. Yes, we do. We really need to hold on to that because guess what? That's where most of our life is going to be lived, not here. We're here just a short time, just a short time. Do not be afraid. Yes, you're going to lose people you love. There's so many people in heaven. It's going to take me, I don't know how long a day is in heaven. I don't guess anybody really knows that either. So many things we don't know. I don't know how long heaven is going to be, but I, I, the waters of baptism were shared to me in so many ways in so many different times. As people poured out their faith into me. And much of the time, I wasn't really listening. Much of the time, I wasn't really paying attention. Much of the time, I was busy. God, we're so busy. Sorry, Lord. We're so busy. We are so busy that we stink. Bunch of smelly Christians. You know, we just stink because we miss stuff. There are many wonderful things that happen on on this earth. And sometimes we've been praying for them, but sometimes we've been praying for them as if they won't happen. Even though we're yearning for them to happen, we're praying for them against all hope. This weekend, Saturday, I spent a weekend amongst new family members, with uh, old family members, as old as a 32-year-old can be anyway, as the oldest. He was getting married He's getting legally married, he said. Not the real marriage. The real marriage is coming in June 21st. I said, well, buddy, we just signed the papers. This is pretty real now. (laughs) You know, you're married. If you try to run off now, it's too late. He was there with his two brothers, and they have had struggles during their lifetime, many struggles, because, you see, they didn't grow up. They didn't get the opportunity to grow up and know that families are real, too, that love is real. They grew up confused about all of that, and it has impacted them every day of their lives. So youth, children, if you have a normal family, a real family, where you know you have a place, where you know you're loved, you are some of the luckiest people in the world. Because there are so many children that have to grow up be beside that and without that. They don't know what it means to be really taken in by a church family. And they don't know what it really means to have a place within their own family. They don't know what it means to have a parent that they can trust. Because their parents haven't been trustworthy. So don't you dare take that for granted. Now let me say something to those of you who may be living just that kind of life now. In some part way or full way. You don't have to live it by yourself. You may not have biological parents, but there are people in this congregation who will love you if you'll just let them. There are people here in this congregation who have more love than you can need. They have more love than they can give to their family because they are people of love who just expand the idea of love. They don't try to hold on to it. They try to give it away. So their life is not so full that they can't love you too. But you know, you have to let us know that you're suffering at home. Because if we don't know you're suffering at home, we don't want to intrude on what your parents are doing or supposed to be doing. Heaven is for real. I can only imagine what it's going to be like to talk to my daddy again. To see my wife's parents again. To see my aunts and uncles. You know? I do try to imagine that sometimes. Now, I don't get into the golden streets and that kind of deal. I just try to get into the talking to them kind of thing. I go to prepare a place for you is a personal message from Jesus to everyone who would believe him. Why did he say fear not? He said believe in God and therefore believe in me. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe Jesus, even as you believe in God, or if you don't have a belief in God, then believe in Jesus. But if you don't have a belief in either one, I'm telling you, you'll never know that heaven is for real here on this earth. You will be earthly bound in all you do. If you reject that relationship with Jesus and refuse to trust him with your future, including your other earthly one, then you won't have one of those uh, other earthly ones that you'll want to talk about. You won't have that kind of experience of growing up with Jesus unless you trust him here and now for your life. That's where it all begins. But once you've done that, then you don't have to be afraid any longer. You can celebrate that heaven is for real. And not just heaven, but your heavenly address. I love the numbers 4 and 8. Just thought you'd want to know that. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure my address in heaven will be some combination of 4 and 8. Now, I don't know how many, you know, dwelling places in heaven, there's a lot of them. In fact, Jesus said, my father has countless dwelling places. It doesn't matter how many people believe, there'll be a house and an address for him. My address, personal address, that he's prepared for me, and I guess that means Sally. I, I guess she'll still be there when I get there, or she will uh, I'll meet her when she gets there. Probably is the way it works out, right, guys? But at any rate, it's going to be some address in heaven on some name of street, Miller Street's all right with me. It'll be 4488 or 44444888. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be 4 and 8, I'm sure, because after all, that'll make it easy for me to remember like a password, you know? Yeah, I know you can figure out my password now, and you're not supposed (laughs) to tell those things. If you think I've got anything worthwhile that you will know, just hunt it. I don't care. I don't (laughs) care. You can have my password. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be such a short search they just don't know what to do once they found what little there is to find <laughs> heaven is for real because Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for me and I'm holding him to that he said I'm going to come again and take you to where I am heaven, whatever heaven is like that we're imagining, it is for sure that you're there with Jesus it's for sure that you're there in the heavenly realms that we can't even describe where God the Creator resides, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's for sure that it's personally prepared for you. You know, I like that part because I don't want just any heaven. I mean, I want heaven for Doug. I mean, my wife is now doing something. I don't know who got her started on this, but you're not my friend. She's reading a book about, what is it called? The Underbelly of Wheat or something like that? What? What? Carmen, you're not my friend any longer. <laughs> I am so sick of hearing about what's bad for me to eat. I don't really want to know all that stuff. I just want to eat what tastes good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that wheat's bad for you. And I don't need to know that it's in everything I eat. I was aware it was in my bread and all that stuff. But just leave me alone. I won't, I'm going to eat it anyway. Because heaven is for real, and when I get there, I can have all I want of the stuff. <laughs> I know it's bad for you here. All right, Carmen, you're on my list. <laughs> heaven is a place prepared for us, and how we get there is through Jesus Christ. Now, when he said, I'm going to prepare a place in heaven for you, he wasn't just talking about the place as the place, but he prepared a place in heaven for us by dying for us first. When Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, then we had eternity at our grasp. He did that for us, and then he went on to fulfill what the place would mean in its broader sense. That's what I believe that text means. I don't believe it means one or the other. I believe it means both. He prepared a place for us in heaven by dying for us, and then he prepared a special place for each of us that we will get to receive whenever we go there. And like I've told you before, and I try to say it at every funeral, You know, we need to remember that the connections between that world and this world are alive and well. All we have to do is claim them and speak into them and listen to them. All we have to know is to believe that when we die, close our eyes in death, uh, that we will immediately open them into the presence of Jesus Christ. That's who's coming for me. Not St. Peter. Not an angel. Nope, not taking any of those. If they show up first, I'm going to say, nope, I'm sitting right here. Till Jesus shows up, he said he would come and take me to himself, and I'm waiting on him. You might be whomever. I don't know who you are, angel, so leave and send Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is going to meet us there. I believe every person, breath, last breath on earth, is only microseconds before their first breath in the presence of Jesus Christ who will take us by the hand and introduce us to those people in heaven. But first he'll introduce us to the Father. That's assuming we have got it clear in our minds that all that earthly love and all those earthly people we want to see in heaven come secondary to God. The first person we need to yearn to meet in heaven is God. God and Jesus. Not, Not our grandchild. Not our own children. Not our parents. The first person we need to yearn to see in heaven is God himself. Because those are the people who are truly seeking the things of heaven first. And then everything else will be added to you. So right now, if you have lies in the back of your head, I can't wait till that moment when I can see the person I've lost, whoever that person is. Let me help you correct your thinking. Otherwise, you might be waiting a long time. First, you've got to yearn to see God. You can't love another human more than you can love God. I've been so trying to get that across to some nephews. You know, one by one, I think they're getting it. I think they're finally beginning to get it. Daniel said yesterday. You know, I can talk about them because there are all three still in Arkansas. And I don't have to worry about them being here. Nor do I have to worry about you ever saying anything to the three of them about what I say about them. Right? <laughs> Be clear about that. Now, you can say whatever you want to my family. I talk about them all the time. They're almost boring to you already. But uh, not my not my three nephews. You can't say what I say about them. I'm saying this to say that that he told me yesterday. He was totally ambushed by his emotions. He's not much for emotions, for reasons. But yesterday, as we were getting ready for him to pledge his love to another human being, it caught him completely by surprise. He's about 6'4 or 5, I don't know. He's too tall to be talked to talk to. He has to get on his knees for us to talk. <laughs> but the reality is that he, I just saw him losing it all, and he never got it back during the whole service. And when it was over, he said, I've never felt like that. I've never felt like that. And he wasn't even for sure what he was describing. He said, I don't know what that means. He said, you will. Because for the first time in his life, another person had said to him, I love you. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. And for the first time, he told another person that same thing. And it's something that he had never really experienced as he should have in his primary family for other reasons. But the reality was his life began in a new way that day. I believe that. And I believe that God is listening to our prayers that go on and on and on much more than we realize especially in those moments when we're like children. So that's all I really wanted to say. In fact, that's more than I really plan to say. Um, I just have a question for you, and it's simply this. Are you child enough to imagine heaven? Or have you gotten so big, so smart? Oops, can't do that. Have you gotten so big or so smart That you don't think about heaven much. Maybe you figured out the Bible enough that you know it's not exactly like that so why worry about it so you don't think about it much at all. That would be a great loss. Because imagining heaven keeps you connected to the source of all that love you're burning up on this earth. Imagining heaven Reminds you that God is so much bigger than anything in this world. So much different than anything in this world that it makes God real. As soon as you dwindle God down to human conceptual size, then God can't be God. You've got to leave God alone to be God. You've got to allow God to be completely different than anything on this earth. And every little thing you get that's good, you've got to magnify it times a number you can't even write. Because that's God. And that God says, try to imagine me. I dare you. Actually, that's not in the scripture. But I'm daring you. Because if you're blundering around in life and you're not getting much joy out of it, you need to imagine heaven more. You need to get beyond this earthly stuff. It's only going to last for a little while. If you're miserable, don't worry about it. It's only going to last a while. You're going to die. I promise. Soon. Soon sooner than you think. If you're under 45 or 50, if you're under 60, probably sooner than you think. You know, I've come to the realization I'm I'm just not going to be here all that much longer. Another 60 years or so, I'll probably be done. That's not long. The first 60 have gone by fast. The last 20, amazingly swift. But there's so many people that don't even try to imagine heaven. They need you to ask them. Somebody was telling me that, oh, what's, you know, people just, that can't be real. <laughs> they're missing, the whole boy. They're afraid it was a setup job. So we live in a setup world, big deal. We don't have to be only about the setup world. We can be about people who believe like a little child that some things are so pure that they're just good. I don't know what that little boy saw laugh sometimes and cry other times but you know what I believe that little boy's trip was for real I believe God gave him that because he was a little child so that God could once again